Hello, everyone. Quick cold open here because we got some news this afternoon that came after we had actually recorded last night. It seems as if we found over the course of the last couple of years that every time we have a podcast and we're just about to release it or even after we release it, there always ends up being some sort of news. And so after we would record last night, but just before we could release this week's podcast, uh, we found out about four o'clock Eastern this afternoon that the Boston Marathon is going to be a virtual race for 2020. Uh, the BAA made that announcement on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter, and they sent an email to all of the registered participants for the Boston 2020 Marathon. Now, you recall, originally, of course, it was supposed to be on April 20th. They put it off till September 14th, but a lot of folks, uh, notably Michelle, uh, thought that there was really no way it was probably going to happen on September 14th either. Well, it's not, um, but they made it into a virtual race. Now, that's an important distinction here. They didn't cancel the race, they made it into a virtual race. And what that means is that anybody who's an entrant in 2020 will not be able to defer to 2021. Now, they have said that anybody who is in the 2020 race can do the virtual race or they can get a full refund. And they've also said that there's a qualifying window for the 2021 race is broader for the 2020 entrance. Specifically, they've said that anybody that used a time to get into the 2020 race, they can use that same time to get into the 2021 race. However, that's not a guaranteed entry. Um, still some unanswered questions about this that hopefully will be cleared up over the course of the next week or so before we record again, uh, such as will this broaden qualifying window account for everyone or is the broaden qualifying window just going to be for people who were entered in 2020? Um, I also wonder, just based on what happened with the Tokyo Marathon earlier this year, whether they're going to tweak and change a few things based on the feedback that they get from their entrance. We'll find out. Um, it seems as their plan's a little bit more buttoned up, but I guess we'll see. So did want to make sure we mentioned that. Lots more to come on this next time that Michelle and Patrick are on the podcast with me. Um, it won't be our next episode, but it'll probably be towards the end of next week. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. That being said, thanks for the cold open. Let's get on with our previously recorded podcast. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust the training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The agents at Blue Pineapple Travel love to help people plan their travel. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Whether you're looking for relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group, inside the U.S. or abroad, they're there to match you to the trip for you. Blue Pineapple Travel will help you curate all of the travel information out there to create the exact vacation that you want. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by SlayRx. You can find them at www.slayrx.com. SlayRx is a sports nutrition company that makes products for athletes, team sports, and anyone that trains or works outdoors. SlayRx was founded by an endurance athlete and University of Georgia food scientist who was unhappy with the choices he was offered on course in long course triathlons. 
He started making his own mixes and now you can enjoy those same mixes. Slayer X offers differing levels of electrolytes in their hydration products and you can get them with or without calories. You can either take their online test at SlayerX.com or you can be tested in their laboratory to determine the exact amount of liquid and electrolytes that you need to be consuming while racing. In addition to hydration products, Slayer X offers fueling products like their product Diesel, which is available with or without the optimum level of caffeine that is scientifically proven to legally enhance performance while limiting GI upset and diuretic impact. If you're looking for alternative gels, try Slayer X Spark Plug, a Pop Rocks-like powder that combines the same electrolytes that are in their other products, encapsulated caffeine, and quickly absorbed carbohydrates. It comes in a plastic tube so it can be carried while running, and it will work to enhance and fuel your alertness, general happiness, and performance. Remember, tell them the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast sent you by using the coupon code PLEASANT2020 at checkout on their website, and you'll get 10% off anything you purchase there. That's SlayerX.com, Pleasant2020. Test, don't guess with SlayerX. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast possible. Welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast, brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slayer X. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys. I am a college professor, and I've been doing this endurance sports thing for about 30 years now. I am also by myself on tonight's podcast. Um, Patrick and Michelle, my partners who I appreciate, um, are taking a couple of weeks off. Um, it's actually not going to be for a little while that they're going to be back here. Uh, tonight I'm going to be by myself, so this will be a short one, even though I am going to bring on a guest here in just a little while, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a, just a few minutes when he comes on. Um, but, um, but next week is going to be the Indoor Cycling Podcast, which I dare say I've probably put more research in for this Indoor Cycling Podcast than I put in for any other thing in my life, save my dissertation. Um, hours upon hours that I and two other people, Ben Holiday, who's been on the podcast before, and Chrissy Blaisdell Euler, um, who has not, but uh, is a marathoner, is an Ironman, and is a bike racer. Uh, three of us have spent all sorts of time on different platforms, uh, trying them out and seeing which ones we like best, um, and figuring out the, the various pros and cons of, of all the different indoor cycling platforms. We're getting together next week, um, and we're going to be talking about all of those things. And so I'm really, really excited to share that with you next week. Um, and then come two weeks, um, that's when Patrick and, and Michelle are going to be back. So that's like the middle of the week, two weeks from now. So it's like the 10th of June around there. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the book at the, that point. Um, now, if you missed the podcast last week or if you missed it a couple of weeks ago, we are doing a summer book uh, group here. Um, we're going to be doing The Happy Runner by Megan and David Roach. Um, if you haven't gotten it, go ahead and get it. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it tonight, but I did get it last week and I did start reading it. I will say this, and I'm not saying this to turn anybody off. I'm saying this to encourage you if you started it and you feel the way that I do. Um, if you started it and you're kind of like, you know what, I don't really know about this. It doesn't really seem like my style of thing. I kind of feel that way too, actually. Um, I think there's a lot of things inside of this book that are valuable that I'm going to get something from, but the feel and the style of the writers, um, it's just not the way that I would do it. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to talk more about that in about two weeks with, uh, with, with, 
Patrick and with Michelle. Um, we're not going to go all the way into it in two weeks. We're going to do that in about four weeks, um, uh, sometime around like the 24th of June, towards the end of June there. Um, and then hopefully we'll choose a second book that day, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in the very beginning of August. But um, do make sure you make some progress, because we're going to do a real bona fide check-in there in a couple of weeks. And like I said, after reading the introduction, some things about it I'm not all that fired up about, but uh, but there are aspects of it I think that I'm going to really enjoy, and I think there's definitely going to be something I can take from the book The Happy Runner by Megan and David Roach. So do make sure you check it out and join with us in reading it here. Um, I just wanted to give a couple of quick updates tonight to talk about, first, those programming things that are coming up. Secondly, no sooner had we talked about Everesting last week, and we talked about Phil Guyman and how he went out and he did the fastest Everesting of all time. Um, four days after Phil Guyman did seven hours and 52 minutes for Everesting, his record was broken by a pro mountain biker named Keegan Swanson or Swenson, uh, Keegan Swenson. Um, Keegan Swenson went out on Friday, May 15th and did seven hours, 40 minutes and five seconds. So beat Phil Guyman's time by about 12 minutes here. Um, I mention it, uh, in part because I'm retconning the, uh, the, the, uh, podcast we had a couple of weeks ago or a week ago where we talked about Phil Guyman and what he had done here and four days later right after we released the podcast that record was broken so I do obviously want to address that uh, but at the same time I also think it speaks to how into Everesting people are right now. Uh, before Phil Guyman the record holder was a guy named Tobias Lestrell who did 846 and so that was in 2017 and so over the course of a week an hour was taken off of the fastest ever time for Everesting. Now, remember, Everesting is when you get on a bike and you go up and down a hill and you go up and down a hill enough times that eventually you've got 29,029 feet of elevation gain. Um, he did it. Keegan Swenson did it at Pine Canyon Road in Wasatch Mountain State Park. Um, it's near Heber City, Utah, and that's evidently where he lives. Um, it was only a 1.82 mile segment of road. And so just like Phil Guyman, who went up and down like 70 times on those little small segment of heat road he did, um, uh, uh, Keegan Swenson went up and down this 1.82 mile segment of road, of road. It averaged 11%. His maxed out at almost 23%. 22.9% was the maximum gradient on that. So a really, really steep section that he had there. Um, each hill that he did had an overall elevation gain of just over 1,000 feet, about 1,023 feet. And so he did it 29 times total. Um, he eventually finished with a 104.5 mile ride and he had a total elevation gain of 29,000 feet, 680, 29,680 feet. So he gave himself a little bit of space there to ensure that he had in fact, um, uh, gotten the 29,029 feet. So uh, his power was comparable to Gaiman's um, and he was actually doing it to raise money for the MS Society. His dad has MS and was diagnosed with it back in like 2012, 2013. Um, and so he was raising money for that. So by all means, find Keegan Swenson, the pro mountain biker on, um, on Instagram and check out the photos that he posted from there. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about um, was the first part of the Lance documentary, the 30 for 30 documentary uh, that was on ESPN just this past weekend. It's a two-part documentary, and each part, I didn't realize this, is two hours apiece. And so the first one here took us through uh, his upbringing, his childhood, his getting into endurance sports, his being a triathlete first, and then he got on a bike, and then, of course, he became a cyclist. Um, and, and all the way through his first Tour de France win. And so it went all the way through his becoming a pro, his world championship win in 1993, uh, his cancer diagnosis, his treatment for that, his 
I don't want to say his recovery from cancer, but 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 his uh, coming out the other side of his cancer treatment, um, and then ultimately his going on to win the the first um, the first uh, Tour de France of seven, um, and that's where it stopped. Um, it was great. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was very good. He was very open and very candid, which I expected. Anybody who's been following Lance Armstrong over the course of the past several years knows that he has a great deal of candor. Um, it ended, however, with his first tour win. And I feel like his life changed a lot with each individual tour win. And so he eventually got divorced. He, by, by the time he got that last tour and he was dating Cheryl Crow and he was kind of a rock star and, 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 and just as a much different character by that time. And so, um, I saw an interview with the director where she said that Lance actually didn't like it. Um, and I didn't see anything in this first half that I feel like he would have disliked. Um, and so we'll kind of see what ends up coming up here in the second half. But an example of the candor, um, they asked him right after, um, they, they said, how long after you, you um, came back from cancer did you start doping in? He was like, oh, immediately. Um, and I think it would have been like, you know, pretty easy for him to say, well, you know, we were kind of cautious. He's like, no, immediately. We did it immediately. And they even asked, they said, do you think your cancer had anything to do with the doping that you did? And he said, you know, that's a good question. I've thought about that a lot. And I just don't know the answer to that. He said, it could be. He said, I thought that maybe human growth hormone that I took prior to my cancer diagnosis, that helps things grow inside your body. And maybe that helps some bad things grow inside my body that I didn't want to grow. Um, he said, but I really don't know the answer to that question. He said, but when I did come back and I started doping again during my comeback, I never used human growth hormone again because I wondered about that. That's just a very candid answer. Um, and it's not something that he necessarily had to answer so candidly. I think also, though, you can see one of the reasons why some people might not totally understand where he's coming from. Literally in the very opening, they said, how young were you when you started doping? And he said, it depends on how you define doping. And I understand what he's saying there as somebody who understands water rules. He says it depends on how you define doping. He says some people will say that any sort of injection is doping. And according to water rules today, you can't get an injection. Um, and so if you get an objection, injection of something, even if it's like something completely innocuous, uh, if it's not for a legitimate medical purpose, that's actually considered doping. And he said, so if you consider that to be doping, it started, you know, pretty early on when they were giving us vitamins and all that sort of thing. He says, it wasn't until I was about age 21 that they actually started giving us performance enhancers and all that sort of thing. Um, but again, very candid about that. And I can see how some people might think he's splitting hairs, but I, I actually don't think he was splitting hairs about that. I think he's giving a much more precise and, and much more thorough answer. Uh, and that's part of him being very open and very candid here. Um, a few other interesting points arose. One is, and you always hear this, how much drugs were, have always been a part of cycling history and culture. That really comes through here. Um, I was struck by the fact that, that Lance Armstrong was actually introduced by McKay, to McKaylee Ferrari, um, who is this now today's disgraced doctor and trainer um, who used to, to train cyclists and used to cycle them on and off of performance enhancing drugs. Um, he was actually introduced to Michaela Ferrari by Eddie Merckx. Um, Eddie Merckx, whose picture is right there, um, and who's generally considered to be the, the best cyclist of all time. Um, Eddie Merckx had sent his son, Axel Merckx, who still works in pro cycling now as a manager, um, to, to Michaela Ferrari. And Lance Armstrong said, well, can you introduce me to Michaela Ferrari as well? Eddie Merckx said he would, and that's how Lance actually started using EPO, which was the mega drug um, that pervaded the Peloton in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Um, the other thing that I thought was very interesting, another super interesting point from the first one came from a guy named Michael Rasmussen, and he was interviewed 
for about five seconds, or they only showed about five seconds of an interview with him. Um, and he's this Danish guy who um, he used to be really well known for, for, he didn't like having any weight on his bicycle. He would only carry one bottle at a time. He refused to wear a Livestrong bracelet when they were so popular because he thought it was going to weight him down on the climbs. But he was a super skinny, um, very powerful climber, mountain climber. Um, and he won the mountains Jersey in the, uh, in the tour de France. But anyway, they were interviewing him and they were talking all about how dangerous cycling is. Um, and, and one of the reasons why people always cite doping and why doping is a bad thing. And the reason why doping shouldn't happen and the reason why it should be illegal is because it harms the people who dope. It's dangerous. It can cause long-term health defects in the people who who actually use performance enhancing drugs. And so if you want to compete in cycling or in track and field or in some other endurance sport, you shouldn't have to risk that sort of danger to your well-being by in, in order to compete by doping. Um, and so if we get those doping out of sport, then that way you can compete for titles and, and championships safely. Um, Michael Rasmussen pointed out that cycling is a super dangerous sport. They go downhill at 60 miles an hour on these little bitty thin tires on these small bikes um, wearing virtually nothing here. They're risking their lives virtually every day. And so this idea that, well, cyclists shouldn't risk their health by doping, like you're harming yourself, he said that argument completely falls flat uh, given how dangerous cycling actually is. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting point. Um, and, and I think that, that it definitely changes the way I think about some of the arguments around doping and cycling. doesn't mean that I think doping and cycling is okay, but it does mean that when I think about, okay, why is it that we, we, we think cycling should not have doping? Well, that whole thing that, well, it's dangerous to the people who compete. Well, that's not really a great argument given that we expect them to do really dangerous things and really life risking things as just part of the sport going downhill in the group, in the rain at 60 miles an hour. So, um, it's worthwhile to think about. It's something I'm going to continue chewing on for the next little while here. Um, one last thing before I bring on our guests and I talk about the thing that's bringing us joy. I do want to point out the next Wednesday, June 3rd is global running day. And so uh, get out and do a run on that day, do some sort of special challenge, something else like that. Um, if you don't want, want to run or can't run, or you have some sort of injury or something like that, pick up a copy of happy runner by Megan and David Roach and, uh, and check that out. Um, all right. I'm going to go to the waiting room here, and I'm going to admit the uh, the person who's currently waiting in the waiting room, and hopefully he will pop up on the screen. Here he comes. There he is. It is Chandler Bud, uh, my cousin, the best man at my wedding. How you doing, cuz? Cousin George. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So I'm glad this you're here, This is awesome. Man. So I'm glad you're here. You're, you're, you're doing us a favor, not only by, by coming on the podcast and, and talking to us about your new podcast, which is the thing that's bringing me joy, which I'll tell you about here in just a second, um, but also you're helping us test the whole like call-in process, because I'm thinking about having a call-in show later on this, uh, this summer. What do you think about that? I love it. So should I pretend like I'm calling in, asking a question? <laughs> With all those endurance sports you do? Uh, yes, Dr. Darden, I, I feel a pain in my uh, pelvic muscles when I run. I don't know. I'm, I'm running out of ideas. But, um, it, I do uh, appreciate you calling me Dr. Darden. Yes, that's, yeah. That's, you, that's a level well of deserved. I'm not accustomed to getting from my, my co-hosts on this podcast, guys. It is well-deserved. Um, uh, so every week on our podcast here, Candler, over the course of the last short while, um, given the fact that, that there's lots of not joyful things in the world, uh, we've been talking about things that bring us joy in the world. 
Um, and so we've talked about YouTube videos that we've watched, or we've talked about like different books that we've read or some piece of news or, or something else like that. Um, either a new thing or, or an old thing that's brought us joy. Uh, and it dawned on me, like literally as I was setting up this podcast, I was like, I should have told Candler to like think of something that's bringing him joy. And so if you can have like a double track mind and come up with something here in just a minute, that would be super cool. Um, but the thing that's bringing me joy this week is grab the remote with Brian and Candler, your new video podcast. I'm so proud it, of it. I love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on doing a pause between grab and the, so it's grab the remote <laughs> with Brian and Candler. It, uh, Brian Chapman, my co-host, we have been friends for uh, about 20 years and we just had these phone conversations where there was one or two times where I felt bad I was driving home because you don't want to walk in, walk into your house and with your kids there and be on the phone. Mm -hmm. But there was once or twice where I drove around the circle mm -hmm. just so I could uh, finish the conversation. Uh, those are the types of conversations that we have. And it's 90% mm -hmm. of it is fun. Mostly we talk about film and mm -hmm. we've been saying for years, we need to put this bad boy on a podcast. And then the pandemic happened and zoom happened. And I said, well, let's do this. It's now or never. And we have shot 12 episodes and it has been just a blast. So right. that George, is one thing that's bringing me joy. But I, I think another thing that's really bringing me joy is my five-year-old daughter lost a tooth and learned to ride a bike this week. <laughs> oh, learn to ride a bike. Nice. All right. So, so it's funny you say learn to ride a bike. Michelle, who is one of our co-hosts last week, her daughter, who is five years old, learned to ride a bike. Excellent. So, so that just ratchets up the pressure on my two six-year-olds <laughs> that much more. <laughs> Or on the father of the six-year-olds to try and make sure that they're able to, to ride the bikes by the end of the summer. But that's super cool. I'm glad you mentioned that. All right, let's talk about your podcast just a little bit more here. So, so grab the remote. I, I've, I've watched two of the episodes. You've, you said you recorded 12? 12. But, but not all 12 are available yet, right? Right. We have uh, four that are out right now on YouTube. Uh, they're going out on Facebook. Of course, you could see the link on YouTube on Facebook, but we're we're putting them out on Facebook uh, tomorrow, as well as on SoundCloud on various platforms in audio form. The audio forms, uh, the 11 episodes should be out probably tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as the video form, where you could see my face, is uh, <laughs> we have four right now. But it uh, is a lot of fun. We tackled the the Rocky saga, the the Star Wars saga, the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, we have an episode on horror films, uh, comic book movies. Uh, there's so much that, that uh, talk about things that bring me joy. I mean, you think back, a lot of these films, these are films I saw when I was, you know, seven, 10, 10, you know, 13. So not only am I thinking about the films, I'm thinking about what, what was going on in, in my life. And we both kind of approach that as well. So there's, there's some, uh, there's some human stories involved with it as well. Right on, right on. So, so we kind of buried the lead a little bit. So, so it's, it's, it's grab the remote, as you can imagine, is, is all about movies. Um, and, and we should say also, you are an actor and you were a theater teacher at the Heritage School in Noonan, Georgia on the South Side. Um, what's Brian, so I, I was joking with my wife. Actually, I don't know Brian, which, and, 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 and my wife was like, you think you know all your cousin's friends? I was like, I know most of them. <laughs> and so, true, so um, uh, but I don't know Brian. So, so, so how did y'all meet each other and what's, what's his background? He, and, uh, and was he I fair a, with your biography? Uh, you were fair with my biography. He, uh, he graduated two years before I did. 
but I got to know him through mutual friends. And he was just one of those friends that would, we would reconnect every now and then. We had an ongoing joke whenever one of the Star Wars movies would come out. Because I, I always had a cell phone. I would call him and he would answer. And I'm like, hey, Brian, do you see me? Where, where? <laughs> it's like knowing he was at, at the movie. And I would convince him that I was there waving at him. But of course I wasn't. But he, has an, he performed for many years professionally as an improviser uh, at the Whole World Theater. He uh, is just just one of my favorite people. He reminds me a lot of you. He's a, he's a wonderful conversationalist. He's a wonderful dad, wonderful husband. He's someone I I admire. And uh, we I, not only are you going to hear a lot about film in our podcast, but I think a lot of the give and take with with the two of us, the side streets we uh, sometimes go on, the tangents are a lot of fun mm-hmm. as well. Right on, right on. Very good. So I, I like I said, I've watched two. I watched your recommendations for for movies to watch while you're locked down in your house which uh which was yes. good and 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 actually you talk about memories there's a couple of of memories of that last choice that you made i'm not going to spoil it for anybody here the last choice you made i was like oh yeah <laughs> I, I like like i i i was part of yeah, some of those yeah. watching parties you talked about for sure uh, and then i watched your one today uh, about return yeah, of the you jedi were. you were so i i feel like i should have gone back and watched your one about star wars uh or new hope and and empire strikes back before i watched the one about return of the jedi today i didn't do that and so i'm gonna be a little bit out of order but i think that's okay um but uh, but i i very much enjoyed the one about return of the jedi i will tell y'all two things number one um and this is particularly true in the, the movies you should watch while on lockdown both of you have um, uh, a level of encyclopedic knowledge where you connect movies in different ways like, oh, this actor is the, is, was also the actor in this other movie, and that's where they starred with this other person who is the brother of this other person, which is just kind of fun and interesting, and I appreciate that. The other thing is that, that you see things in movies, and Brian's the same way. You see things in movies that I don't see. Because of your background, you watch movies in different ways than I do, and that's cool. And so I always feel as if I learn something um, from, from listening to you talk about movies and films and theater um, that, that, uh, that I didn't know. And I consider myself somebody who, who brings something to the viewing, you know, so I, I tend to be thoughtful and reflective about the viewing, but you just see it with different eyes. And I feel as if I always learn something by, by listening to your reflections on, on uh, a piece of art. So, so thanks for that, man. One thing. No, and thank you for saying that. One thing I hope we get across, and Brian and I have never really discussed this, but is even if we're talking about a film that maybe we didn't like or I didn't like or whatever, I hope that the love always comes across. Because mm-hmm. even if it's the worst film, like this shot that I'm doing right here, I, it's still it's still not quite right. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm covering my mirror. It is, I mean, making <laughs> film is very difficult. Yeah. It, there's so much that goes into it. So even if I'm criticizing a film, I hope the love comes across. Also, it is a podcast you could listen to while the kids are in the background. There are so many <laughs> YouTubers podcasts that I love to listen to, but they drop an F bomb every other two seconds. I'm like, I can't listen yeah, to it. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, I try to avoid it. Every now and then I'll drop one and I'll get like four texts. Dirty language. So yeah, yeah. I did um so so since <laughs> we've been filming here on Zoom, I have been putting posters over the door there. Um, and I alternate the poster that I put on the door. Yes. And as you can see, I chose to put my Rocky poster on the door tonight. Um, in, in this, in my workout room, you can see behind me here where, where we're filming. I have various people that inspire me when I'm on my bike or when I'm on the treadmill, that sort of thing. So you have Emil Zadopek right there. You have uh, uh, Kenanisa Bekele, Mo Farah, and, and uh, Hadley Gerasalazi here. You have Steve Prefontaine here. You have Muhammad Ali there. You have Mo, uh, you have, have Meb Kofleski over there in the corner you can't quite see. You have Elliot Kipchoge here, and you have Eddie Merckx up there. 
Um, I love it. Of all the of all those people I just named, how many of you may have heard? Have, how many of them have you ever heard of? Uh, just a few. One, <laughs> two. All right. I did that. Hey, yeah, awesome. But, but, but then around the rest of the room, I have like posters of different races that I've run. And so the Rocky poster is an homage to my having run the Philadelphia Marathon. So rather than putting Excellent. up a Philadelphia Marathon poster or, 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 or something from Philadelphia, I put up a Rocky poster, which I think is kind of fun. It's funny you said that. I thought, wow, there should be pictures of him behind him but then i thought no wait there shouldn't be he should yeah. have other people behind him absolutely absolutely no it's 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 much more inspirational to see people that are much faster than i am on the walls that have accomplished much more than i have for sure um uh so so the only other thing i was going to say too is 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 you and i have talked and i thought about this when i just pointed out steve prefontaine right here but uh you and i have talked about me coming on your podcast and what could possibly be and i was like "Ooh, i can talk about rocky they already got one that's cool though you already so, so you already had a rocky one i was thinking if you need somebody to come on and talk about which of the two Prefontaine movies that came out at the same time, Without Limit starring Billy Crudup or Prefontaine starring future Academy Award winning Jared Leto, which one was better? I'm more than happy to come on and talk to you about that. I'm sure that that would just completely- A Prefontaine double feature. <laughs> I love it. I uh we got to get you on. What's your do you have like a favorite not to put you on the spot, but do you have a favorite movie from the 80s? Oh, favorite movie from the 80s. Yeah, you totally put me on the spot. I'd have to think about That's it for okay. a little while. I I, I have I have one, I have a favorite movie from the 90s. Tell can't me. Har can't hardly wait. Ah, nice. That's a good one. Um yeah, but but and that goes along with like Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction and there's a couple of other like favorite movies in the 90s as well, but but if if you ask me which one I've probably seen the most, I've like watched over and over and I still just derive a great deal of enjoyment from Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Um, I don't think I knew that or I knew that and I forgot that. It came out like... on Netflix. I don't think you knew it either. It came out on Netflix just in early April. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh favorite movie in the 80s, I don't know, probably Rocky 3. <laughs> How about that? I we love actually, Rocky. So we, we we were talking about that at the at the dinner table this 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 past Monday, just yesterday. What's so. your favorite Rocky movie? Uh, good question. I really like the new Creed movies. I think they're great. Um, and so 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 Creed and Creed Two, I both thought were fantastic. You can't enjoy Creed Two without also being well versed in Rocky Four. Um, and and I think part of the reason why I enjoyed Creed Two so much is because I am a Rocky fan. Um, but, um, but yeah, if, if you were to truly say, what's your favorite Rocky, I would have to say Rocky, the original, the very first one. The original Rocky. Um, and, and, and it's not because I'm like, oh, well, you know, the, the, you can never improve on it. No, I think, I think they're very different movies. I, I think they're, they're all great. But, but the, the, the original Rocky movie has so many different layers. And, and whenever I've watched it different times in my life, I've been inspired by different things in it. Um, and, and so, you know, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, cool boxing, you know, and, and yeah. the second time I watched it, I, I, I was like, that's really cool how he's so persistent, you know, and then, you know, 10 years after that, I watched it and it was like the love story between him and Adrian. And that's actually kind of where I am now is that, yeah. that if, if I watch parts of it now, it's Isn't the love funny? story between him and Adrian that, that, that really kind of inspires me and, and, and moves me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cousin. It's so that that's what a great film can do. Absolutely. 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 Well, I, uh, I am looking forward to seeing you on stage again sometime soon. And whenever that happens, now that we've introduced you to all the, the, uh, the folks who listen to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast, we'll be sure to give you a promo then. But the thing that's bringing me joy, watching my cousin build his podcast here um, and, and continue to, uh, to live the dream as, as an actor and director. So thanks for being with me, buddy. Thank you, Cousin George, and congratulations on Most Pleasant Exhaustion. I'm so proud <laughs> of you, and I love you. All right. Thanks, cousin. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you soon.
That'll do it for another edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at pleasantpodcast. You can find us on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. And you can always download our podcast from Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, ITL Coaching and Performance at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, at Facebook, facebook.com slash itlcoachingandperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. You can check out Blue Pineapple Travel at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, SlayerX. You can find them at SlayerX.com on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Here4SlayerX. That's the number four, Here4SlayerX. On Instagram at Here4SlayerX. Again, the number four. And on Twitter at OfficialSlayRX. Don't forget the discount code PLEASANT2020. On behalf of Patrick Ollinger and Michelle Frank, this is George Darden. We appreciate you joining us on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.